You are now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential. Derived from our maker. That is liberty. And liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show podcast edition here on Westwood One. My name is Steve Dace, powered by CRTV. Todd and Aaron are here with us as well. We would love it if you would join us. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. Speaking of CRTV, we just wrapped up production for today's CRTV show. We did a lot on the controversy and fallout from the White House Correspondents' Dinner, so we're not going to get into that too much here on the podcast, so we don't have uh, you know a lot of retread content. We like to keep both shows unique, but uh, we covered that in depth, Todd. What was your preview that you want to offer up for the audience coming up later today at CRTV? Well, the must-see TV, I think, is uh, your uh, fake news or not analysis of Joy Reid. She's a, um, I mean, don't get obsessed about Joy Reid, the person, but look at her more uh, as, a, as Steve did, as a, a shibboleth for for mm, the, the entire political narrative of the left writ large because she is showing you I mean, there there is a cultish religious aspect yep. for her and what she does, and offering her pound of flesh uh, to the god and bringing in the various high priests and high priestesses to come and to to pat her on the head and to 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 make sure that she knows she's back in the fold and and, and done so appropriately. Um, it, Steve uh, lays out in full uh, the entire sham that is the left, but not by sham. Trust me, it has, that has nothing to do with weakness. It's quite the opposite, in fact. Aaron? Yeah, no, that's kind of what I was saying before the show. What we witnessed here with Joy Reid, um, really at its heart, uh, is a process of progressive sanctification. Mm, um, I like that. Uh, in, in the, it's not, what you, not, not the actual theological term that we like to talk about. Uh, it is progressive statist sanctification. She must repent for her sins. And her sin was, whether or not she still believes it now, but at one point she did not subscribe um, in step, in lockstep, to every syllable of the groupthink. And for that, she must repent. And she did that. And so she, in the eyes of the progressive behemoth, whatever that is, um, she is more sanctified uh, today than she was uh, three days ago or last week or uh, ten years ago. And so that is, it, it, it's either that, it's either a, what we saw was a, a progressive sanctification, or she never had salvation in the church of state to begin with. And so what we saw here was, um, was a complete and total bastardization of what salvation really looks like. That is what it is. That is what it is. This was a religious, this was a religious experience that we just saw play out in full public view. Uh, and you broke uh, you broke all that down on fake news or not today. Well, if you want to see that, 
today's a good day to join CRTV, CRTV.com, promo code DACE. That's my last name. It'll get you a discounted subscription to CRTV, which won't just give you access to our television show, but every TV show here from the great one, Mark Levin, Michelle Malkin, and more. CRTV.com, promo code DACE, last name spelled D-E-A-C-E. Well, let's get to today's podcast here on Westwood One. It's a Monday, so some weekend news and views. As I said a few minutes ago, we already did plenty on reaction and fallout from the White House Correspondents' Dinner, the nerd prom from over the weekend. Um, And so that's all over at CRTV today. There's some other headlines, though, from what was a very busy in terms of news, a very busy weekend. Three in particular we're going to touch on one at a time here now, Aaron. Correct. Alder Hay Hospital with the full blessing of Satan himself and the UK judicial system, finally succeeded in murdering 23-month-old Alfie Evans. Alfie survived for more than five days off of his life support when his parents were told he wouldn't even survive five minutes. Devastated dad Tom Evans, who is 21 years old, shared his passing, his son's passing with the world, writing on the Alfie's Army Facebook support group, My Gladiator, lay down his shield and gained his wings at 2.30 in the morning. Absolutely heartbroken. I did an interview with Glenn Beck this morning on this story, and um, Glenn asked some really good questions. Uh, I'll have that link shared on our Facebook wall so you can go and listen to that for yourself today. Um, I wrote about it over the weekend for Conservative Review as well. But I, I... I don't want to talk about this intellectually for a second. I want to speak about this story from an emotional standpoint. This story has has disturbed and bothered me as much as anything I've covered in my career. And I and I I think you can see how that's manifested by almost the the zealot the zealous single-minded focus I've had on it throughout the course of this week and I want to share with you guys that are listening from my heart why that is the failure of the institutions and systems we have in place to save us and defend us from the worldview that executed Alfie is the story here, not the worldview that executed Alfie itself. Anytime Nehemiah goes to rebuild the walls, I promise you Sanballat and Tobiah are going to show up. Every time. Every time Nehemiah shows up with a sword in one hand and a Bible in the other, Sanballat and Tobiah will show up too. Every opportunity you take or an institution or a movement takes to set the cornerstone of a people and to build out a foundation from there. How do you know when it's the right cornerstone? Do Sanballat and Tobiah show up? If you know your Old Testament, you know who I'm referring to. They are essentially the, the, the leaders of the pagans that attempt to stop Nehemiah from fulfilling the calling God put on his life to help lead the people 
back to rebuilding the nation of Israel. And you see this throughout history. You'll see this in your own churches. You'll see these, this in your families. When you are attempting to break out of the paradigm or confront the, the wrong paradigm, when, when you attempt to place the right cornerstone and then build out the foundation from there, the sand ballots and Tobias will show up. So that, that's nothing new. The light has always faced that in this world from time in memoriam. And it always will. I'm, I am not... I'm angry at it. So angry I haven't been able to think straight. But I, I'm not shocked or disappointed that statists will go to any ends to show the state is supreme. Nero will light his own city on fire, blame it on the Christians to show the state is supreme. And the UK will execute a young child to show the state is supreme and will take nuns to, to the Supreme Court to show the state is supreme. This is not, there's nothing new under the sun where this is concerned. This has always been the human condition. What Snoke says in The Last Jedi is true. He just has the order wrong. He says the darkness rises and the light arrives to confront it. It's actually the other way around. The light arises and the darkness arrives to confront it. It's the other way around. Jesus goes to the countryside and the demon possessed come to him, guys. Have you come to a, have you come to persecute us before the appointed time, son of man? Jesus goes out and heals people. The fake religious leaders upset that he might blow their whole scam wide open. They come to him, guys. It's always the light rises. Snoke has it backwards. The light ri- arises and then the darkness comes to confront it. God makes Adam and Eve, Adam in his own image, Eve taken from Adam, looks at them and says, they are good. Here comes the serpent. To say, did God really say? Did he? The light always rises and the darkness comes next to confront it. Sanballat and Tobiah will always confront the Nehemiahs of this world. Do not let your heart be troubled by the lengths evil will go to to assert itself. Let that anger you righteously. Let it stir your passions. Let it have you on the lookout for the jawbone of an ass. A whip of cords. A robe dipped in blood and a sword in your mouth. That's the reaction to the malevolence. Not fear. Not soul crushing. The proper reaction is, let's do this. That's what I'm here for. Why did God put up with me, meaning me, us collectively, not me individually? Why does he put up with the times I let him down? Why did he save me? Knowing that there would be times I would let him down for this, right? 
That's where the rocket. You, we're, let's do this. I got some direction. Things are clear now. Cut and dried. I'm ready. And that's how a Peter goes from the cock crowing to hang me upside down. Do your worst. That level of clarity. So let not your heart be troubled by what the UK did to this boy. Let your courage of conviction and your passion and your righteous indignation be stirred. What your heart should be troubled by is when the shofar is sounded and no one comes. And that is what about this story has broken me. It's often quoted. It's become a cliche. It's the Edmund Burke line. All it takes for evil to flourish is for good men to do nothing. He was right. And he was right. This is what has broken me about this. The shofar is sounded and we cannot be bothered. A member of the archdiocese in the UK is tweeting directly to the Pope. They've thrown the family's priest out of the room. Where do they get off doing that? But the Pope, as we'll talk about in a moment, he he can't be bothered right now because he's tweeting Imagine by John Lennon instead. And then there's the entire Church of England. Where was it at during this entire story? Do you know? I think we got, I think the family was defended more by Pierce Morgan than it was the Bishop of Canterbury. Think about that for a minute. We talked about last week the the amount of conservative media that this story just didn't even exist to, including some of the, the biggest platforms and entity that you and I, by our patronage, have created for these people. And they can't be bothered either about Western civilization crossing a point of no return because Kanye West said something nice about Trump. This is, this is, I am not discouraged by evil showing itself. I prefer a straight on fight. I like these odds better. Michelle Wolf's comments didn't, didn't disappoint me. The, the abortion jokes, oh no. They got my ass off the couch. That's what they did. They're like, all right. Let's do this. I'm in. But what do you do when they sound the alarm and nobody shows up? There's an old Peter Sellers movie called The Mouse That Roared. It's about this small country who's ridden by debt. They're about to collapse. And they they come up with the master plan. They're going to invade the United States knowing they're going to just get destroyed. But what's the United States do every time they defeat an enemy in war? What do they do after the war's over? Build it up. Build it right back up. And they think, this is, this is our urban renewal program. We'll, we'll attack the U.S. They'll devastate us. They'll build back our infrastructure. And we'll be like Japan. <laughs> it's like it never happened. We're buddies now. So they invade. And then they take over. Because the will is just simply not there. 
And that's that's Cicero enemy at the gate stuff. That that we can't win that. If you know, if the next line after Aragorn says there may come a time when the courage of men will fail, and the next line is, and today looks like it's gonna be that day, man. <laughs> I don't, I don't know where the movie ends guys the credits roll we see you later I don't know where to go and that's what I'm broken by I'm not broken that Michelle Wolf opens her mouth and hell came out at the White House Correspondents Dinner I'm like dude that's what I got into this business because of people like her I'm here for this let's go let's roll I'm in I'm broken by when we sound the shofar and we just can't be bothered because of Kanye or whatever else is distracting us. And listen, I went and saw The Avengers twice. It's not a short movie. I'm not talking about taking a break, taking a Sabbath, enjoying the fruits of Americana. I'm not, I'm, I don't think it's healthy to sit here and be, have a single-minded focus on the culture war either. You know, it, balance, moderation for everything. There's a time and a season. But when... when those things that are health are can be healthy distractions to remind us that we're still human and and what the small joys of life are that are worthy of fighting for in the first place when they take the place of the cause itself we're done we're done here the likes of Michelle Wolf and and the and Alder Hay only win when they run unopposed guys And I think that's why this story in the last several days has broken me. Not one healthcare professional resigned rather than carry out this execution order. They all stood up there like Nuremberg and said, just following orders. Nobody went on social media and said, said this is wrong what's happening here. Let him go. No one. No member of the royal family with their allegedly devout Christian queen who used to count Billy Graham amongst her friends. Nobody could be bothered. No, No one with any empowerment to do something about this, to even ask a simple question. And just I know the Pope spoke about this. That's because the dad went to him. Essentially forced the moment on him, basically. That, that's what has you re the evil Sandballot and Tobiah do not intimidate me my risk with the Sandballots and Tobias of the world will be going too far to defeat them not far enough what has you reconsidering your life choices though is when the moment of clarity arrives and we're just like, dude, what'd you think about what Kanye said about Trump, bro? That's when you're just like, what are we doing here? Todd, your thoughts. You are uh, describing uh, what I found, uh, one of the things I found so unsettling about that uh, one and only episode of uh, Black Mirror that I've seen. Uh, you were describing the very end 
of that show when the the artist in quotes uh, who decides to do his little social experiment that this is ultimately all about and you find out who that is at the end he he knows that the people have become the kind of people Steve is talking about and he wants to prove his point and therefore at the end he is able to empty the streets and, l- and have them wa- watching uh, nothing short of uh, pornography while he can walk unfettered you you are describing a version of that 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 killer is the state in england right now and they knew that they have the the power and the authority up to the point where they are uh wink wink nod nod hey we're watching your social media posts be careful out there they know they got everybody where they want them. They know the, the underbelly is showing. They know uh, people will not fight back. And I guess that th- this is yet another reason why I found that show so disgusting, so chilling, that I didn't watch it anymore because I knew what it said about us. It, and here, live and in person... It, it came true again in England with a public execution of a little boy. And people will march on. People will forget. People will be obsessed with about everything and nothing at all. Um, we are a... Uh, we are worthy of being turned into a pillar of salt yeah and just uh, uh, well said Todd and to add to that I keep thinking that I'm not saying this to discourage but I don't I don't know how else to put it I keep thinking that we're gonna need something large to happen to wake us up that already happened 17 years ago Um, in the West we have as you've pointed out before Todd we have so many riches so many material blessings that just want the show all of our all of our little uh, all of our little fiefdoms are like the capital we just we want the show and we don't care about mm-hmm. anything else moving on um, Pope Francis the day after he tweeted about being moved by the death of the aforementioned little Alfie, he tweeted the following, quote, Do we really want peace? Then let's ban all weapons so we don't have to live in fear of war. To quote the great prophet, country singer, Doug Stone, Why didn't I think of that? I mean, why don't we think of that? Hot damn. You know, we just been sitting here for the last 6,000 years of recorded human history wondering, what is the solution to what we do to each other? And by golly, it was just hidden in plain sight right in front of us, all these, all these eons. Let's just ban weapons. Well, hot damn. Let's get on that lickety split. Who do we talk to about that? 
I can't believe no one. Jeez. And they and they say the church isn't relevant anymore. So you, we, I mean, we all know humans are basically good. It's it's the weapons that's causing us to hurt each other. When you consider the worldview this man is supposed to represent, I, I believe it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen a religious leader say. He literally is the head of a church that had to raise up an army to save civilization from Muslim invasion. That's literally the legacy. And, and, and just to show how ignorant we are, some dumbass tweeted to me today about the Crusades. This isn't even, that wasn't even the Crusades I was even referring to. You, know, you guys don't even, this goes to my point. What I'm talking about happened hundreds of years before the Crusades. He, he inherits an institution that raised up an army to save Western civilization from Muslim invaders. He's the vicar of a savior who in his final parting words in his scripture says, when I come back, it's a robe dipped in blood and a sword in my mouth, which I'm going to use to slay the nations that dare disobey me. This is beyond ridiculous. This is, this is like if the, if, this is like if some anti-Catholic evangelical blog came up with a parody of the papacy, took over the Twitter account, and wrote their tweets, it would be this. Well, uh, Luther thought Rome was the whore of Babylon, and this just goes to show they're part of the one, he's disarming us for the one world coming uh, conspiracy, so we will all take the mark for Nikolai Carpathia. It looks like the rejected left behind script, guys. And Toddy's literally tweeting this himself. It's like if it's like not even lucid Pat Robertson from like 10 years ago, but like totally insane and senile one now, Pat Robertson literally said, let me let me pull it. Let me let me do the Pope like what apparently happened to Joy Reid, hack into his account and come up with really incendiary stuff to say that lives up to and lives down to every negative stereotype straw man argument I've ever made about the person. And the Pope's like, hold my beer. I'll just do this under my own name. I mean, hell, while we're at it, imagine all the people. No possessions and no religion too, John. I mean, why don't we just go ahead and St. John Lennon and, you know, posthumously now while we're at it. If we're going to preach his theology. I, I just, I, I, I can't get over how dumb this is. And maybe because it's on the heels of the whole Alfie Evans thing, I fired off like 97 tweets about this this morning too. Because it just, it's the reason that Alfie Evans story has broken me. Where is the resistance? Where is the resistance? Where's the Pope who takes a shot, a kill, an attempted kill shot from an Islamic fundamentalist? And, th- and then five minutes after he's out of the hospital, shakes his fist at the Soviet Union and says, we're taking you out. Where is that? Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. That's where we are. We have St. Peter's alleged heir who only has his position because the church raised an army to defeat Muslim invasion. Tweeting out, hippy-dippy sentiments from the comments section at Vox. 
and the head of the largest evangelical university last month goes on national television and says, well, I don't care if the president rapes somebody. I, I still can't say I'd pull my support. I, you know what, dude? Here's my advice. Teach your children Arabic. They're going to need it. They're going to need it. I think the good news for future parents of terminally ill children in the United Kingdom is that they probably will be given a choice. Uh, convert to Islam or your kid dies. But at least they'll have a choice that next time. Um, really quickly, I'm, I'm glad you took the tack you did and said the word over and over, dumb. Because a lot of times then this, the debate on social media will be about you know heretical teaching and don't no just this is uh, what's the the uh, bed intruder you so dumb yeah that for that, real you so dumb for real my yeah. my first reaction seeing this is just that that sigh and it, it it's just these are things that like freshmen in high school who are yes. getting a little uppity about their in faith. In fact, this and- is the greatest proof of all. Despite my theological differences with Catholicism, this might be the greatest proof of all the Pope is not the whore of Babylon. Because it wouldn't be this dumbass. That's my point. He's a dimmy. He's not a conspirator. He's the guy that literally, he's the guy in V who just walks out and, and, and assumes that the, the aliens that showed up with their massive ships over every major city are really just here to cure cancer for us. Well, by golly, I just think these folks are just... And you can show them the video as, 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 as Diana eats a live rat. Well, you know, let's not judge. That's who we're talking about here. A real conspirator wouldn't show their ass like this. Wouldn't be this dumb. This is progressive t- tomfoolery. This is a complete, this is Pelagian ignorance of human nature level is what we're talking about here. This is now where we, where we, the term dangerously naive. Yeah. Conspirators don't expose their stupidity at this level. This is dangerous naivete is what this is. This is the stuff that gets people killed, frankly. Agreed. All right, last story. North and South Korea. South Korean trust in North Korea has surged since last week's feel-good summit at which their leaders declared an end to hostilities and to work towards denuclearization of the peninsula. A survey taken on Friday, the day North Korean leader Kim Jong-un met South Korean President Moon Jae-in, showed 64.7% believe the North will denuclearize and keep peace. That's amongst uh, South Koreans. Uh, before the summit, only 14.7% of those polled said they did. Many South Koreans uh, were struck, as were people around the world, by the live TV images during the summit of a smiling and joking Kim. Never before have we seen, seemingly, a self-deprecating and witty side to him. This is from Reuters, by the way, admitting that his country's train system was inferior and promising he wouldn't wake up Moon anymore to deal with early morning missile launches. That actually happened. Kim seemed markedly different from former North Korean leaders, his father Kim Jong-il and grandfather's Kim Il-sung. It's according to Man on Street interviews from South Koreans. Can I tee this up for you? I don't want to derail this, but I, I think there's one of two things here as it pertains to Kim Jong-un. Um... 
either something again has gone completely wrong um, behind the scenes that we don't know about and probably never will or he just doesn't have it in him he just doesn't have dictator in him he does not have the balls for it like his daddy and his granddaddy did I'm tending towards the latter right now I agree with you that something is happening here I don't know that I agree that those are the two options we're talking, I don't think it's a balls. I mean, this guy murdered his own brother to get where he's at. I mean, he literally it comes from the, the, the Far East version of the Herod family. Where, I mean, you, it's kill or be killed to work your way <laughs> up the ranks all right, to take over the, the, the Idiomean crown. I think, I think he's either Mikhail Gorbachev, and you, which means something has gone. They've had a, if, and you know, Star Trek, the undiscovered country was made based on its plot line and script were taken right out of Perestroika in the U.S. at the time. And, and Praxis, what happens to the mining colony, the, the Klingon mine, was taken after um, uh, Chernobyl. And they, they borrowed it right from uh, the Klingon Empire. Its economy collapsed. It could not wage war against, the, against Starfleet anymore. And so it needed to wage the peace. Similar to what happened from Chernobyl to the collapse of the Soviet economy in the late 80s leading to Gorbachev's ascendancy and perestroika. That's happen- to me he's either this era's Gorbachev or there's something Carpathian happening here. And it and I'm not sure what it is and and it's why I haven't really said much about this. I don't know what to think about it. Because growing up I was in high school when um when when Reagan brought Gorbachev to the White House to sign really the first verifiable arms reduction in the Cold War. And I was in, you know, I was a, I was a community college student when the Soviet Union just collapsed upon itself. And I was a junior in high school when the Berlin Wall fell in 89. And I bring that up because I grew up, as you did, Todd, in the time of the Cold War. We saw those events. They were apartisan. We saw them collectively as the West, as whether you wanted, whether you thought the, the, the triumvirate of Pope John Paul, Margaret Thatcher, and Ronald Reagan got the credit for it, whether you think Mikhail, you know, the left thought Mikhail Gorbachev was the hero of the story, the right thinks those three are the hero of the story, regardless of who you think was, was the, the, insti- the, the implementer of the end of the Soviet Union, we all agreed it was a good thing at that time. And all the West celebrated and saw it as a clear, the, the, we saw it as the, out, the, 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 the outcome we all desired. And so we all knew to celebrate. What I sense here with Korea is people are paralyzed. They're not sure what to think. Because while Trump has talked tougher about North Korea than his, previous, than his predecessors have, who all bought him off, Obama, Bush, Clinton, all bought him off. He hasn't really done anything, though. You know, I mean, we have it, it, we, we don't have, you know, 
some fleet in the South Pacific aircraft carriers pointing your know, nuclear submarines patrolling the water. You know what I'm saying? One mile off their off of their shoreline. We, we, nothing, no provocation. This isn't Reagan MX missiles, Star Wars. We put nuclear weapons into West Germany. Nothing's changed the geopolitical strategic positioning here. Although his rhetoric has been much tougher on them than his predecessors. That's all that's changed. And that's why I say, if that's the only thing that changed, and that's what's causing all of this, maybe he just doesn't have balls. But I mean, it, it, but your point, your point remains that if he didn't have balls, he'd be dead by now. He did, his brother, his other brother, to killed him. I don't know what you think, Todd, but I think a lot uh, of people feel frozen by this story, and and are kind of just like, eh, I I want to believe something good's happening here, but. What's changed? What's changed f- from a year ago? What's changed? Well, Trump talked tough. Well, I mean, he talked tough about China. Talked tough about Mexico. They didn't change their policies. They're sending migrant caravans our way as we speak. His tough talk hasn't really generated really much of anything, actually. It's the most likely thing. It's China. I mean, this is the you know, the Godfather. I uh, I want to get out, but they keep pulling me back in. As long as North Korea knew it had to play a proxy role, well, then there he is. I have to live in that world. I'd prefer not to, but I know I don't have a choice in the matter. To that extent, per, perhaps the, uh, Un was every bit as much of a slave to living in the tree bark eating life of North Korea as every other one of his uh, citizens slash slaves, except he just gets to live in the the palace and actually have some riches. But he he really doesn't, he's not his own man. I have to perform this role. But if he's been given permission, for whatever reasons China has now, to not play that role anymore, that seems as likely as anything, doesn't it? At a time China's in, engaged in a war of words and a trade war with the United States, I have a hard time believing losing one of their most strategically vital satellites, they would just keep keep quiet about it. You know what I'm saying? I I I, I don't. I, I'm with you, and this is what we talked about with Jordan Schachtel last week. I I think this is an attempt by China to create another economic market. Well, that's what I'm saying, that the yeah. game is different. You, yeah. you've, your permission... They're essentially saying to the U.S., if you guys want to slap tariffs and stuff on us, and um, we'll just create a new middle class. There's 75 million people here in the Korean Peninsula, and their idea of middle class yeah. is 30, 30 grand a year, and that's working poor to where you guys are at, so we can make these goods even cheaper and make even more of a profit margin. Um, so there's still a weapon. They've just been given permission to be a different kind a, of weapon. An economic weapon. Yeah. That, that's... That's what, to me, it's, it's, it's like I said, it's something Carpathian, it's Realpolitik, or he's Gorbachev. No. Because I don't, I, don't, I don't think, I don't know what the, other, what the other option is. Because we're beyond, I know when you and I debated this a couple of weeks ago and I brought this theory up, you were like, well, this is strictly a negotiating ploy. Ending the war, ending, if it was a negotiating ploy, like you originally thought, he would have held end, ending hostilities with South... You know what I'm saying? Those would have been the leverage tactics to get money. He'd have done that. He's doing this before he meets with the White House. He's doing this preemptively. <laughs> so 
I don't think this is this is just a, a new way to leverage the West for a payment. No, I, I agree. Now, now, based on what we've seen, now it's now there's a paradigm shift here. What we don't know is what is what's what's the point of it. We didn't what's know the this was coming when we were talking about the conversation. Agreed. Here, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. I think this shows now because he's given away all the leverage he would have to, to leverage the West, right? Hey, I'm going to denuclearize. I'm giving. Yes. I'm shutting down my missile sites. We're finally ending the Korean War. I'm meeting with the leader of South Korea. All of the leverage he would have given to get another, you know, his every decade, his family's every decade balloon payment from the West. All of that negotiating leverage he's preemptively handed over. And the Chinese are silent, which is why I think Aaron, if if he if he were gutless, the Chinese would have would have been, would be all over this because they're he, they're one of their primary strategic partners in that region. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a they good would point. not just lend a guy completely wuss out on their watch and say nothing about it. So something sinister is happening here, or he's our era's Gorbachev. Given where we seem to be at right now in terms of just sheer luck. I'm inclined to think it's probably going to turn out to be the bad option, but I'd, I'd love it if he was another, if he was another Gorbachev. I think if I can interject as well, sure. um, your theory about China is plausible, but it doesn't to me explain, unless it's for the exact same reasons, but I don't think it explains to me why Russia is also seemingly silent. Because North Korea is one, uh, one of the chief allies of Russia. True. Well. True, but they don't have as much of a manufacturer, robust manufacturing presence in that region or really anywhere like China does, to where China can say, "Hey, we're going to open up a new market, and here's how we're going to benefit from that." So Russia doesn't have anything to, to say. Are they just abandoning this region as well? There's, I don't know. That's all that is to say. There's just. I think a we all agree. There's something here we don't unknowns. know. Yes. There's. I think we all agree on this. Something major has happened here we don't know of. Something has happened. But the timing of this, on the heels of a trade war, we come out of the Olympics. I remember, I thought, I thought your prediction at the time was brilliant that last year that North Korea would use that. You want to talk about a leverage opportunity to, you know what, last, last decade's payment wasn't enough. We're going to kind of burn, burn down the Olympics unless you guys add another zero to it, right? That was one of your predictions. Sure. That thing went off without a hitch. In fact, he walked out of there. His family, his his sister was the Up with was, was the yeah they, was the sweetheart of the Olympics. His brigade of, of of concubines was celebrated as America, the West's new feminist uh, you know rallying cry. I mean, I don't know, man. It it I want to believe this is a Gorbachevian moment where they where they've had their praxis they've had their chernobyl they've come to the end of themselves and this command economy is not sustainable the problem was there was nobody to bail the soviet union out they were the bailer they were the bank of of of, of marxism in the world south korea is not that china is the south korea has and you mentioned russia as well aaron south korea has entities that it's within their geopolitical strategic interest to bail them out to avoid them collapsing which is why I have a hard time buying into he's this he's he's this era's Gorbachev. I don't see that, and that's why I, I've got to believe there's something some other play happening here that is that just hasn't revealed itself yet. Final thoughts, Todd. Well, I guess the darkest play ultimately is uh, a sense that the American 
economy because uh, of the degree to which we are um, at the uh, total beck and call of what China ultimately decides to do uh, with our debt, that uh, there's some way of squeezing that through improving access of markets through North Korea. Like, ultimately, I don't know what that is in terms of volume, pure dollars and cents, how and when the screws get turned. Uh, But that there there is a a way of popping a bubble, so to speak, Mm -hmm. that um, weakens us in a way, again... I don't know all of or claim to understand all the variables involved. It's kind of counterintuitive. Again, uh, there's been this uh, sort of uh, a detente kind of thing. Yes, China holds our debt, but uh, China also, we're not just any lender. We're the United States of America. I mean, you you break us, you break everything. So uh, it's not just as good as to say they can call in the note and we're screwed because we can just kind of say at some point, okay. And we're their biggest customer. Yeah, try How's that going to go for you too? So that's where even my own logic about a play on and somehow reversing things economically and making uh, ultimately a, a play to make China the 400-pound gorilla. It, I mean, heck, it's still us because of our... I, this is a lot of stream of access. Because of our uh, desire for goods and services. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're still the alpha in this thing. As much as China wants, I'm sure, to, to be otherwise... They are growing a middle class, but it is still not. They, they can't. Theirs can't compare to ours yet. It's. But you do this the same reason that a bunch of. Uh, the same reason that networks that that cable providers and satellite providers instantly put Fox Sports One on the air because ESPN had them by the short hairs, and it gives them some form of a competitor. To say to ESPN, you don't get a dollar per subscriber. We'll give you eighty-five or seventy-five cents. You have you have you have something to play off of. A new middle class gives you. Are you really sure? Because you know, okay, well, we'll just sell our goods to these people instead. It creates another economic market for leverage if that's what you're looking for i guess the question and maybe we need to bring in an expert is this potentially what we're talking about in north korea is it a way maybe china has to understand the dynamic i'm talking about better is this a way to they know that they're kind of stuck they they have this debt and you think we talk about how they could leverage it against us when they they really right now they really can't okay because you're right that's an option what you're saying is maybe they're the paper tiger here we don't know it and that's true too and they're trying to find a way out of that here's the reality china is not just going to sit there and let their little brother give over the farm be we their silence means something it means something so it, it either means because that's one of China's leverage points. We're the only people that can rein in North Korea. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's all gone too. So it means something. It means potentially, I'll say it, it potentially means Trump called their bluff and China's a paper tiger. It could mean that. It could mean that. Or it could mean we're getting Carpathia here. But it's one or the other, man. It's one or the other. 
It's not just they. they it's not just like oh, Pyongyang just learned on Twitter this week that you know, uh, or I'm sorry, that Beijing just learned on Twitter this week Pyongyang's just giving away the store. It's not like you know, they're you know, they're not shocked. Their silence means something. Aaron, your final words. I'm going to end with a prediction that might be better for Dace Group for the Dace Group, but um, but I don't want to wait that long because instant gratification. Um, I predict in 30 years of those who identify as religious, uh, Presbyterianism will be the dominant religion in North Korea. That is a fascinating prediction. Because Presbyterian amongst those who who are religious in South Korea is the dominant sect. Okay. Well, let us know what you think about we, what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Don't forget, if you haven't done so yet, click subscribe right there on your podcast provider, your podcast platform. Thank you to all of you that have already done so. If you have time today to write us a positive review, those help to attract new listeners to our show. And thank you to so many of you that have already done that. CRTV.com, promo code DACE. Until tomorrow, John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like you.